This episode of the Wedding Film School Show is brought to you by Musicbed, the best music licensing platform for wedding filmmakers. Head over to themusicbed.com and enter our code WFS on checkout to get a free month on your annual wedding subscription. Now, on to the show. Wedding filmmakers have irreplaceable person syndrome. In a lot of ways, we are our own biggest obstacle to growth. The definition of essential is not if it's at all worse than if you did everything. This general thought of like, if you are not doing every part of your film, you are somehow lesser. I just feel like it's like when my clients hit my website and they just see that someone else did my taxes, that they're just, <laughs> it's just not, it's just affecting my brand. I just perception. don't want anybody in the industry to know that uh, I don't do my own taxes. Hey guys, welcome to the Wedding Film School Show. My name is Bobby. I am here today with Jay, who you can see right there. Um, Excited. Well, I'm excited, Jay. I'm excited to be back on the podcast. I haven't been here in a while. Months. Yeah, months, months. Um, Let's do it again soon. Let's make it regular. Yeah, yeah. I miss it. I, I really do like doing the podcast. I know... You know, there's a convenience factor with you and Jared usually hopping on when you find some free time, but I do like doing it. I hope to be here more often. Um, you can actually probably even see my setup is a little a little bit wonky, um, but I'm very excited not only to be back, but really for the topic that we're talking about today, because I think it's really important. I think it's, you know, it's something that I've really like contemplated and struggled with as an artist and as a business owner. And, you know, I think when we were talking about it, what we said is like, we think this is this is basically like the one question that every single wedding filmmaker should be asking themselves. Yes, um, it, it's just it's incredibly important. Yeah, and and I think when we were talking about and by the way, I have a cold today. So if you're listening, you're like, what's wrong with his voice? Um, I just have a cold. I have a four year old. <laughs> Don't worry a, about it. She's a little germ factory, and she made me sick. But <clears throat> when we were talking about the topic. I was like, I asked you a question, something like, what is exciting you about wedding filmmaking? Yeah. And your answer was something like, I'm just trying to find, what's exciting me is basically trying to find new ways to be excited about wedding filmmaking. Yeah. And, and yeah. essentially then you were like, I, don't, I wasn't expecting you to say this, but you basically said outsourcing. Like I've been sending more of my films out and, yeah. and like that's made wedding filmmaking more fun for me again. Yeah, I think I was saying I was like outsourcing and delegating and like and those things are just keeping me alive creatively, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. And so what's the question, Bobby? What is our core question that every wedding filmmaker should ask themselves? Yeah. And so, yeah, the the core question that that we're kind of trying to tackle here is where am I essential? And, Mm. And maybe the flip side of that of where am I not essential? Yes. You know, we don't want this to be, you know just this the like should i outsource my wedding because that's not really where it is there's it's a much bigger question than that yeah. um and, and outsourcing the editing just kind of falls under it but um well there's so many areas it's an interesting topic there's so many areas in your business that are not even wedding filmmaking like like in oh, the pure so sense like shooting and editing yeah. And so it's a bigger topic than outsourcing and in every single part of your process can really could be done by someone else depending on your business. And and yeah. so I think the question is always like, this, this is my thesis on wedding filmmakers. 
I think wedding <laughs> filmmakers are way too accustomed to doing everything on their own. I think they're, you yeah. know, they don't build their businesses to scale properly. And I'm not just talking about shooting like a ton of weddings like we do. Like I just mean financially scale and time scale so that you can still live a life that you love. They, they don't yeah. think about this. And so I think wedding filmmakers have irreplaceable person syndrome. Um, yeah. Which, yeah, I, th- I think that's true. I think most people think like start to finish across the board. It, like there's so many roles that that not everybody, but we in a general sense typically play. What are some of the ones that like you would say you play in your business? That I play currently? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I think the main one is, is as the, you know, the camera operator, right? Like I am there shooting every wedding. Yeah. You're um, like the lead cinematographer. Yeah. Yeah. Lead cinematographer. I'm the DP of the wedding. Uh, and you know, and I'm also, you know, I, right now I'm doing administrative side of things, right? I'm responding to emails. I don't have somebody doing that. I'm doing sales. Um, I'm doing accounting you know, for the most part. Yeah. Marketing. Like there's a lot of stuff that. I'm not even that good at a lot of that. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) let's be real. And that's 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 called entrepreneurship. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. And that's kind of where I'm like, you know, I think the first thing I was tackling and the first thing that I kind of took the risk on outsourcing or took that leap of faith or whatever was on editing. But I think more and more of that as, you know, my response, if I'm just trying to find ways to, to, to still enjoy it and make sure I still love it is that, you know, part of it was outsourcing editing, but part of it is, yeah, delegating, outsourcing other stuff. And so, you know, I think those are going to be where I kind of transition to next. And some of those I'm going to keep. And there's there's plenty of reasons, you know, you could be not essential, right? I, um, you had a good example, Jay, about your um, doing payroll. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Like for me, it's like when I look at my business, we have three brands and 220 weddings and eight full-time employees and 12 12- I don't know, or 16 or 20 or some amount of contractors. <laughs> and um, and he knows them all by name. Um, uh, maybe. <laughs> if I'm I thought of it. I don't sure know if do. I could do it by memory, but I do have a, spread- yeah, yeah, I do yeah. have a spreadsheet. If you, if you had a picture, yeah, there you go. Um, but, you know, I think, hey, I'm not even essential but, to my own memory. So <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay, so you were saying that, like, you know, you're not essential to doing payroll. No, right? no, like, no. Somebody but, else could do it for you, but... As a company size, there's a lot of things yeah. that I don't have to do, but then there are things that I do still, even though I'm not really essential, but it's like, we'll talk about it later. Like, how do you know that you're not essential yeah. versus you are essential? Yeah. And like, I looked at payroll and I'm like, Ugh, you know, I'm still running my payroll. Am I a full-time CPA? No. Am I an expert at it? No. Um, I will tell you this though. I don't do my taxes. Oh, heck no. And, and that was like, like that. Was, that was my first thing I outsourced. In that is probably for a lot of people the first place, and, and that's a great and example. Probably should be. Yeah, because you have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, and like, yeah. and so people quickly move that one off. And I think it's interesting. But the problem is, people. I think the the flip side is like editing, right? Because especially, I actually do. I mean, I think it's important to edit your films for a little while. I, I don't so think too. you can know what you want to create or what you want your brand to be without doing that. And, and you know, we keep going back to editing just because it's a great example. Everybody knows people it. can relate to it. it. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I think the flip side, like, uh, for the CPA example, you're just like, I have no idea what I'm doing or what this is. I obviously need to hire somebody else yeah, to do Yeah, your this. ego's not or in the way. For, yeah, or for legal, right? You're like, well, I'm not a lawyer, so, duh. 
Um, but yeah, you, your ego kind of stands in the way on editing where you're just like, I am the best. And, 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 you know, we do think it's important that you have an ego as an artist. We kind of briefly touched on that uh, earlier today. where like, well, the question, important let me ask you a question. Excuse me. But. I had a squeak in my voice, but let me ask a question. <laughs> um, why do you think, do you think that wedding filmmakers, yes or no, view themselves as essential to m most, if not all of their business? Most yes. wedding filmmakers. Yes. Yes. I would agree. Why do you think it's so hard for wedding filmmakers to extract themselves from their businesses and actually sp spread out these? Open like, up their, why do they view themselves yeah. as essential to so much of their businesses? I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I think there's a combination of ego. I think so there's ego. I think there's like a stigma against it, right? I think like there's this thought and it kind of coincides with ego, I would say. This general thought of like, if you are not doing every part of your film, you are somehow lesser. Like if you are a company that sends out, you know, maybe you have three teams, right? Or six shooters or whatever. If you send people out to capture one of your weddings, you're not as good. If you send out your editing, you're not as good. And the reality is that's just not true, like just factually. And also like, I think there's just a lot of people, you know, there's tons of people who outsource stuff, various legs and arms and whatever of their business that uh, you just, you don't talk about it. And so when nobody talks about it, this this notion remains that yeah, you're the, somehow worse. The good filmmakers are doing all their own everything you know yeah yeah that's what people think and i just don't think that's uh it's it's honestly it's just not healthy it's not healthy to think that like i have to do 100 percent of every single thing in my business or my business will be worse i know for a fact that the best people in our industry all outsource oh yeah and, and they so, probably do tons of things for the business and they are essential to their business in many ways. But oh, yeah, ways yeah. They like, aren't. It's, I think the key is here is like, first of all, everyone does it. We should just talk about it. It's not just outsource editing. It's everyone has people yeah, yeah. help. Everyone has yeah. people help them. They everyone Emails or sales or whatever. Nobody's doing everything. And then I think second of all, um, you and I think this is would be my answer to my question I asked you, which is yeah. I think people have a fear that if they remove themselves from parts of their business, they will no longer either be good or be them. It won't be their identity anymore. Yes. I think that's the other thing where it's like, it, they, they'd be like, well, it's still gonna be good, but they can't make my film. Yes. And, and I would tell you that that's also not true because these Agreed. great wedding filmmakers, some of them are even releasing films that other people have edited for them. And you're like, oh, wow, that film is awesome. I saw someone the other day post a amazing wedding film. It was good, by the way. But everyone loved it. And he's a very reputable filmmaker, and everyone's going crazy on it. And I know for a fact that someone else edited it. Yeah. And, he, and, they, and there's and, nothing and this, wrong with that. And that filmmaker would tell you in one second, like, I didn't edit this. Of course not. Like, yeah. that, that would be their attitude. Yeah. But, like, people are like, you made a great film. You're well, awesome. Well, I think let's talk about that because I think – he did make a great film. In he some did. Ways. He did. He is essential to the creation of that film. But it's Whether, funny. I don't, like, know, I don't know who you're talking about or what it, or what film it is, but like editing is not the only piece of it. And well, I guarantee that person had input, you know, had exactly input and made finishing, polishing touches and gave maybe some input and direction. Like 
just because you're not clicking the mouse and dragging shit on the timeline doesn't mean that it's not like your film either you know yeah no and and, and like for even i remember bottle brush released that film that won at wppi they didn't shoot it but it yeah, won the and best that's like way yeah that's like that was crazy yeah so it's film. like where are you essential kind of. in your business did it officially did that get revoked i don't know it did but, get revoked i think oh wow i don't know if that's like public knowledge Semantics. but now it is <laughs> now it is <laughs> but um but i think you look back on all these things um and you're like we all know this isn't true why can't that work its mm. way into our own consciousness because it it's like if you were the one commenting uh, when you saw that film on facebook and then you're like oh yeah. wow great film and then the person was like Oh, I didn't edit it. Nobody would be like, oh, never mind. It sucks. They would all be like, still yeah. great. Still awesome, right? You yeah. say that about someone else. Why can't you say that about yourself? Yeah. In a lot of ways, we are our own biggest obstacle uh -huh. to growth. And I think that's growth as an artist and as a filmmaker. Because I will tell you one thing. Working with another editor or other editors, I think makes me a better editor. I think it gives me more capacity in my brain to not deal with the stuff that I don't care about and does not fulfill me creatively. And it, so it allows that space to be used for thinking more creatively. Yeah. And like, I, that's huge. And, and that's, you know, what we got back to or what we're, what we got to at the very beginning, which was that I think that is absolutely a way in which I have found to, continue to really enjoy wedding filmmaking. So now that we've kind of laid this out, like this is kind of our premise. Let's, let's talk about the question, which is where am I essential in, in, I think mm. the first thing kind of about is to talk about is what do we mean by essential? Like, like I would say what we mean is you, if you didn't do it, your company or brand would have significant negative consequences. Yeah. Not, I think that's a good way to put it. And there would have to be significant negative consequences, not no negative consequences. Like it would have to be affect your bottom line in a severe way. Um, and I think whether it be cost prohibitive or, or just it ends up hurting your brand or people hate your films now, I'm like a lot of things that seem self-evident. Um, but I like yeah. giving it this extreme definition because if you – define it any other way you can start really well i am essential because the definition yeah. of essential is not if it's at all worse than if you did everything yeah yeah it's like clearly no that's not what it means to be essential because of course if you did every part of your business it would probably be more what you want every time but you could only do it maybe 15 times 20 times a year and yeah and and i actually think sadly for a lot of people they actually are the reason that they're holding their own companies back because they're so burnt out. They're not even doing a good job with a lot of these areas. I agree. I, I, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I think, you know, we, we see a lot of people who stop doing it or, or never make the shift to full time, which is not necessarily the end goal. There's plenty of reasons for that, but like a lot of it has to do with the business side and not being able to like run a business well. And I think, like you said, it, it happens because you get so burned out and you're just like, so behind and you're just like digging out of this hole and it's just it's exhausting um and i think it's funny jay i think like if you asked people like not for their business but in a general sense should somebody who owns a business even getting detailed 
somebody owns a wedding filmmaking business, like, are they going to be the best person for the job in every role of their business? I think everybody would say no. But then when I, when you know when you say okay, so why are you doing every single part of your job? They, well, you, you know, I uh, nobody can replace me. Uh, yeah. You know, so I think a lot of people, if they're being real and honest, would be like, I am too lazy to actually think through this problem. So, which That's is why we made a podcast about it. We're going to help you not yeah, be lazy. Yeah. So, so the <laughs> we'll question do the thinking for you. Yeah. So the question now that we know what essential means is yeah first of all how do you know if you are not essential to something in your own business and mm. i, I kind of have like four main things but i'd love to know like for you bobby you were kind of at a place where you were like maybe i should try this kind of what was some of the thinking yeah. that led you to move for you you've outsourced your editing you've 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 moved yep. that off your plate yeah, so this was a handful of years ago i started trying to outsource editing and I think, you know, there were, there were multiple things that had to line up, right? I, I was at the point where, you know, I think I'm a fine editor. I think I, I knew what I wanted. I think I was, and I think I still am very good at articulating what I want from an editor. Um, you know, I think I had found what is my look and my feel and whatever, and that's, that's evolved over time too. But, um, you know, so I think I had that stuff figured out, but I, I wondered, am I... Well, I didn't really wonder, am I the best editor? I knew I was not the best editor. Like there are people who are better editors than me. And also there are people who are faster editors than me. And if I, I was, a, I'm such a slow editor guys. Like I know some people are gonna agree with me here or feel me. Like I would take 35 hours on an edit or something. And like, if I can give that off to somebody else in, and this is the other category, in a, you know, at a price point that makes sense financially for me and my business where I can still keep the profits that I, I want to be keeping, then that's 35, you know, 30 hours or something that I get back and I can give to something else. And that's huge. Like, so, you know, I think that's kind of where I found- 35 and, and then, times I guess, 20. Yeah, I mean it's huge. It's it's a ton of time that I can That's either almost twenty full weeks of of work that you can now do something else with. Oh yeah, and you know, and also to be very clear, for me at this point in my life, it was it was like I I need to um, care about me and my life in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, it wasn't so, like some of it was I could shoot maybe another wedding or two. I could handle that now. I could do a little more commercial work. But a lot of that time went back into like, look, I've been like running on fumes for a decade and I need to enjoy my life more. And I think that's perfectly reasonable, too. Yes. Um, I mean, actually, it fact, affects, it affects your art and important. It yeah. does. It, it's yeah. weird. It's like one way to make better work is to not do as much work. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's what I was saying with like my brain capacity for like being creative. If it's like bogged down with stuff that I don't like and don't care about, like, do you know why, um, do you know why like Bill Gates or the people like billionaires don't like they'll wear the same outfit every day? Just so they don't have to think about it. Yeah. It's a concept called f decision fatigue. Which is hmm, I like that essentially I decisions. Well, you only have they've basically proven scientifically yeah. that the human brain only has the capacity for a certain amount of decisions every day, mm. and then you start having major diminishing returns. Yeah, and you, you're making worse decisions and worse decisions. And so you basically you just want to save those decisions. Yes, 
or those optimum decisions for important decisions. Yes, yes. And so like they I just like wear that. they're just like I'm going to wear a black shirt every day. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, I don't think about my clothing. Yeah. Now huh. they're probably taking it like a whole other level, but like yeah. for for I think the main topic is essentially for you, you were looking at it going, "Hey, I have other my brain needs time to recover." Yeah. My brain needs other things. And then I think so, you know, I, I think I kind of outlined it, but you asked when I, you know, wh where I knew I wasn't essential. And I think that shift of knowing, yeah, this was for sure the right move was, again, you know, in my instance, we're talking about editing where, yeah, I had to put the work in with an editor to vocalize what I want and what I need and what my expectations and how I like to do things and stuff like that. But like, when I started getting edits back that were 90% of the, of, you know, of the way to, to perfect for me. Right. Like I always touch everything still. I still do a little bit of work on something, but like knowing that an editor could do what I wanted them to do and could do it basically be better and faster. And to be able to have the editors now that I have a relationship with where like, I trust them to even make some more like broad, broad stroke, like creative decisions and directions for a film because they know what I'm about and what I'm trying to do. Uh, like a no brainer. I was not essential as an editor. Yep. So, so I, I kind of want to give you, I said four, but I really want to give you five, five things you should ask yourself. Let's just do six. Come Let's on. Let's do 18. <laughs> five, right. five questions that you can ask yourself to kind of figure out, am I, am I essential in this area? And I think the first yeah. one is, am I good at it? Like yeah. that's a pretty basic question. Um, in the, you know, it is a challenging question cause it does, it's, it requires honesty. I think that's tough. It's and, like asking your mom sometimes if you're like, mom, and I, am I good at singing or did, is this drawing good? And you're like four years old or something. Yeah. And do you like, like yeah, this? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and also not, do I like it? Like, am yeah, I good yeah. at it? Like, well, I do think, do I like it? It could be a reason. I sure. Don't, you, you can know, do whatever that you want. could be a reason to do stuff. If but you're not essential joy, just because you joy. like it. Yeah. Yeah. You're, but yeah, that doesn't You make can make decisions exactly. to do things that you're not essential in, just to be yeah. clear. Like, you're not essential. Just because yeah. you like it, <laughs> you're just good. Yeah. You're you're only essential if you're uniquely talented, or skilled. Mm -hmm. If you're really good, you might be essential. You know, if no one else could ever do what you do or the way you do it, you might be essential. I think the next one is really basically like, will it save me time? Mm -hmm. Like, I brought up the earlier about running payroll, and like. I, I run payroll because it takes me 30 minutes. It wouldn't really save me that much time. It, it, yeah. and, and it's like, I, I'm going to have a hard time finding someone like, I just don't, it's not worth any money to me to save 20 minutes yeah. of my time. I do literally yeah. do it while I'm watching Netflix at home. Yeah. Like I'm just sitting on the couch and run payroll while I'm eating and hanging out. So it's not a big deal. I think the next one is, does it make sense financially? Like, can I afford it? It's probably a one question, but I, I think does it make sense financially is probably a better question because there's a couple of components to finances. As one, it, it could save you money by just yeah. saving you actual money, but it also could make you money by making you more productive. But either way, like, I think just saying, like, looking at the finance side and saying, like, okay, well, if I spend eight grand a year in editing and I take two more or one more wedding on, that offsets all my cost. That's, yeah. That it gives me back 300 hours of time. That's hundred percent worth it. Yeah. And the flip side is to say, you know, if I'm only charging a thousand dollars a wedding or some like 
insanely low rate, I can't uh, afford an editor. You can't. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like there is a point where it's just like it, you can't, and that's just the way. It, it well, is, and that's so. the question. And you've answered your own question at that point. I am essential. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm essential all. because nobody I'm, will work for as cheap as I will. I'm the only person I can afford. <laughs> yeah, is me, and that's fine. And, and there's stages of business where that's totally fine. It happens. I don't have a personal assistant. I really yeah. kind of need one. I don't have a butler or yeah. a personal chef. Someday I might have a personal assistant. Like that might be Someday the next I might thing. Have a personal chef. You might probably not. Probably. Let's be real. <laughs> You're probably not. I mean, I maybe would like one. one. I would like one. But it's like I actually kind of need one. Is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. Like I kind of yeah. need a personal assistant. I kind of do. It would really help me be more productive. But I'm looking at it going. I don't think it makes sense financially right now. Yeah. Like yep. the first two questions are no. I, I'm not the best at these things. It would save me tons of time. I could definitely think of some ways that it might help me make more money, but I can't say it 100% positive would. So I look at it and go, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like This year, no. doesn't make sense yet. I think the fourth question you have to ask yourself, and this is a really important one, is um, how will this affect my brand? Like, yeah. If, if I don't do it anymore. And like, like let's, we'll get, I'm going to give you two layups for this. How will extracting yourself from the taxes and all the lawyer stuff. How did that affect your brand, Bobby? <laughs> oh, not doing that stuff? Yeah. Oh, it's great for me and my brand. <laughs> it didn't affect it negatively at all. Yeah. You know? It affected um, it positively. Because sure. I feel much more secure in that my taxes are done correctly and I am legally a business. Yes. And people, and there's no benefit to you being involved. No, yeah, I mean, from the beginning, there's no argument of like, well, I could hire, a, I mean, at least for me, I know I know some people who do their taxes because they don't want to pay a couple hundred, I mean, I don't know, whatever. But <laughs> I think for you're me, nuts, but anyway. Yeah, I agree. Uh, especially if you get audited, but I mean, it doesn't matter, it doesn't affect me. Um, but, you know, I think for me, it's like there was never even a question of like, well, should I do my own taxes or should I be my own lawyer? Like, no, I'm not a CPA, I'm not a lawyer. I have no idea what... Like, yeah, it's just a layout. I have no it's idea. just a no-brainer. <laughs> yeah. And I like that example yeah. because it's like everyone can get into that framework of mind when it comes to those type of tasks and just go, of course, I am not the best person to do that job. And, yeah. and I'm like clearly <laughs> by having someone else do it, it's never going to affect their business in any negative way unless they do a bad job but they'll definitely yeah i mean there's there's nobody who hires a cpa or a lawyer who you know does a good job and does what they're supposed to do who's gonna say ah, oh, yeah you know ah, i really regret that decision like, i just feel I like wish i would have spent like 40 hours doing my own taxes and doing them incorrectly I, I just feel like it's like when my clients hit my website and they just see that someone else did my taxes that they're just <laughs> It's just not, it's just affecting my brand. I just perception. don't want anybody in the industry to know that uh, I don't do my own taxes. <laughs> That's such a funny thing. That, <laughs> but I bring that up to say, okay, there's a bunch of areas in your, that could affect you negatively. Yeah. So yeah. I think like anything that's outward facing could affect you negatively. Anything that's totally. sales driven and customer facing like, could affect you negatively. Right, presenting your business, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, 
you know, if you hire another shooter to come or to, and so, or a lead, you know. I think when you get to that question, it's like, okay, w- will this, what will this effect be on my brand if I don't do the editing? What will mm-hmm. the effect on my brand be if I don't do all the shooting? What will the effect on them? And I think this is a trick. This to me is the trickiest question because there's a I lot agree. of thinking and you'd have to, because so, it really, it's not just if I don't do it, but then you have to start considering who does it. Yep. And cause, well, and we had talked about one of the things you have to think about is what is like the worst case scenario. Yep. And, you know, and it varies obviously for like, the different tasks the wor- what's the worst case scenario for an editor uh they contact you i mean my nightmare for an outsourced edit is that the day before they're supposed to give it back to me they contact me they say they're behind and then they send me something like a week late and it's bad <laughs> like yeah. bad bad yeah that's yeah. my nightmare yeah now, and- you're probably not going to run into that with somebody that you've built a relationship with and have used multiple times and whatever but well and also there's some things you can do to prevent the so this is where you can actually start being honest with yourself and say to them okay what's what will this negatively affect my brand if i outsource my editing okay yeah yes it could okay well could i mitigate that risk yes i could could. how well i deliver the film to them the day after i shoot it instead of the day before it's due to the client Exactly. I mean, there's, there's lots of, there's a lots of in between those two scenarios mm -hmm. that, you know, but it's an important question to evaluate because it it creates a strategic plan forward. Well, and it's risk, right? It's, or it's risk assessment of saying, what if I hire somebody, especially, especially now for me, right? If I send a, a wedding to my editor who I've used many times and has done a great job for me, like, there's still that risk, right? That going through my head of like, okay, well, what's the worst case scenario? And if that's the worst case scenario to me, well, I can say, well, the percentage of that happening, the chance of that happening is incredibly low. It's never happened before. I'm giving it to them, you know, the day after the wedding or maybe the day after that, once it's up on Google Drive. Like my expectations for when it needs to be done is a reasonable window. I'm providing insight and direction and all the assets and music and whatever. Like, well, and also I, yeah, worst you, case scenario in that situation is you become essential again. Yeah. And, and you well, have to get in. Sh- I, I, you know, I actually had that happen last year. One of my last weddings, you know, I, I, I send out my editing schedule to, you know, at the time I was using a couple different editors. I've kind of scaled that down, but like, uh, you know, I send that out. And I just made a mistake. I did not send this one wedding out. It was kind of, it was more of a last minute booking. So, you know, it came after I had sent an email out to the editors and I just, it didn't register with me. And then I got to the, to the wedding and I shot it. And then I went to go send it off to my editor and they're like, uh, we don't have this one on our schedule. And like, you know, I could get to it in two months if you want. And I was like, well, that doesn't work for me. And I had to edit it. One that I wasn't planning on editing and it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, if you could be I honest live. with yourself when you ask that question, like, okay, is there a way of mitigating risk and can I solve yeah. the problem? You might still be like, it's fine, but there might be something like sending someone to lead shoot on your behalf. There yeah. might be that you just don't have the tolerance for that kind of risk, in, in which case you, you are essential. You know, yeah. it could be that you go, no, I'm cool with it. 
like I don't know. Like yeah. they, everyone's business is going to be different. So yeah, there's no I, wrong answer or right answer. I do think answers that are losing you money are wrong answers. <laughs> yeah. True. I think if you're running a business that's not profitable because you just can't get, let anything go, it's like maybe you need to make some changes. But I think the final one is I think you mentioned it earlier, something that this affects it. But the final question to evaluate am I essential is, is there something better I could be doing with my time? Mm. Um, and that, in my mind, usually means money. Like, can I make the business more money by doing yeah. something else? You know, so that's one way to look at it. For a lot of other people, it might be like, could I ride my bike more? Or yeah. do things that I I'm pursue a different about. hobby that I also like or spend more time with my family or whatever. Run a side hustle or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Or book more weddings or just, there's a lot yeah. that, that goes into that one. And to me, this is probably the most essential question to determine if you're essential is like if you could just straight up look at something and go like yeah i could definitely this would be a better use not something i would rather do yep because i think we're not i would rather watch movies and eat junk food all day we're not children like we're yeah. adult people and we have to have jobs and be responsible so yeah. like we've made this god of free time nowadays and a lot of people are like i just need to focus on my mental health which definitely should but then when i start talking to you and you to me your concept of mental health is like adolescent where you're like mm, well yeah. i just want to be done with work by 1 p.m so i can like spend the next 12 hours like high on edibles <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like doing something <laughs> in the backyard with my I don't know, hummingbird feeder. Like, yeah, yeah. like I'm not saying you shouldn't do that depending on the state you're in, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I am saying if you think that that is a better use of your time for your business mm. and, and if your expectations are unreasonable about what an adult person should be doing, I think that's yeah, kind of yeah. like you, I don't think you should give yourself an excuse for that, but I do think like mental health, leisure, doing different things that are more exciting to you, even make money or not, yeah. does affect your business. Yeah, it does. It Well, it affects you. And if it affects you and you are essentially your business, in many ways, maybe not always, ideally not always after you've listened to this podcast and decided if you're essential or not, but uh, it's important because it, it, it impacts you and therefore it impacts your business mm -hmm. in some way. Yeah. So if I think you are depressed or you know and can't get out of bed your business can't operate yes you know well and so i think you, you do need to take care, take care of your mental health for sure but yeah i mean i get what you're saying where there's a difference between like taking care of yourself and and your mental health and just not wanting to work there's tons yeah. of people who just don't want to work well and sometimes you get in these vicious feedback cycles where you don't want to work so then you're depressed because you don't want to work and then yeah. you're depressed, so you don't want to work because you don't want to work. It made you depressed. And then <laughs> it's like... I lost you at like the second round. <laughs> but it's just like there's self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy, feedback cycles. Like, by the way, get some help. If you find yourself there, yeah. get some help. 100%. But yeah. That being said, also realizing, okay, this isn't like a legitimate business problem. This is a personal problem that I need to deal with. Mm -hmm. When you're looking at your business trying to be as like sober-minded as you possibly can be and saying, because I think the most important thing is, can you make more money? 
when you're talking mm-hmm. in context of a business is like in, is yeah, there, in the context of is there something yep. thing that I can do for my business that would help the business that isn't this if mm. you say like man I could take 17 more consults yeah and I'm going to close well think about 20 like, percent of them yeah and think about you know if you're like Oh, you know, I'm booking 20 weddings a year, whatever. Like I'd love to do commercial work or I'd love to, you know, like I'd love to start offering photo or like, you know, kind of like the, where you have to kind of like open another branch of your business almost, so to speak. Um, you know, sometimes you just, you don't have the time to do that. Or maybe you just want to edit seven incredible films and spend yeah. 60 hours on those and literally have no pressure to think about the other films. Yeah. Or go Who after, knows? if you want to go after the destination market, if that's your main thing, like those weddings, look, especially if you're doing international, you know, the, the wedding itself might be a few days. And outside of that, you're traveling and maybe you want to stay a little bit longer and you want to get some more footage around town or whatever. Like those weddings can end up being a week long weddings, basically. So like easily you can't do 20 of those or I mean, I don't know, I guess you can do whatever you want, but I can't do 20 of those. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people who do, but not me. I know a lot of people who want to, but I don't think they totally comprehend. They think they want to. Yeah. I thought I wanted to for a long time. And yeah. I did a bunch of destination weddings, and now I'll do like one or two a year because they're yeah. so fun. But I just got back from Aspen four days, and I was like gone for five. And yeah, I liked the wedding; it was cool. But it's like, you know, for me, I'm just I'm in a different place in my life, and it's definitely I'm, I am essential yeah. at those weddings. By yep. the way, in my business, with how we operate, that's one of my areas where I'm like I am essential at destination weddings. Mm-hmm because there's some certain business strategies, planner relationships, things that I cannot let get screwed up. And usually it's like, they're things that are formative. They're not crystallized yet. Yeah. And so like, I think or that's if a- if you screw them up, you wanna make sure that you're the reason. Oh yeah, I, I don't want anyone else <laughs> to screw that up. And I think this is a big thing. We were talking on the phone and we're like, hey, you know, you're like, I don't have language for that. I don't know the words for yeah. that. And I, yeah. it, it's like, one of the biggest challenges with outsourcing and offloading any kind of work in your business is when you don't have clear ideas of what you want the person to do and you don't have language to yeah. help make it happen. Like, so I think like maybe the next thing we should talk about on this is how do you, okay, we've, we've kind of identified how you, what does it mean to be essential? How do you know if you're essential? If you kind mm-hmm. of looked at those questions I said all five of them and you're like no I'm not essential no no yes it will make me more money no it'll give me a lot of time back and I could be doing x with my time and it'd be this you might go like yeah clearly there's these three areas I'm not essential that doesn't mean you just immediately offload them because you, you don't necessarily you have to have the right person to do it and you have to have language of how you want it done, you have to know how to instruct it. And I think this is the biggest actual barrier people have, Bobby. Yeah, I'm, I'm a person, I think I would agree with that. I'm a person that, A, I have a lot of clarity of thought. Um, mm-hmm. I know what I want. I am incredibly assertive, yep. um, probably overly assertive. <laughs> and so I know exactly what I want and I can usually give language to it. And where I'm failing, I'm always like, oh, I didn't explain it right. I didn't yeah. explain that right. 
I'm not I think a lot of people clearly. don't take that ownership, though. Sure. But I also think it's also a skill some people don't have. That's and, true. That's true. And I think Maybe they should outsource their thing. They, they could. <laughs> they can hire me for a coaching session. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of a good point. And I would uh, yeah. get mentors. Like, yeah. that's the thing is a mentor usually has already created language for the area in your business that you don't even know that is the problem. Yeah. And so you can get that person involved in your business. You get a coach and they'll t- talk you through like your systems and all the things and you won't even have to invent it. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, I think you, that is a very important point. Like there is this process of outsourcing stuff. So you, you answer the questions, the five things we went over or whatever. And then after that, I think there's one brief, you know, in the middle thing where I think you can, I think there is some amount of, okay, I'm not essential, but do I want to outsource it? Like, I think it is okay to say, you know, I know I'm not essential and we gave the payroll, you know, uh, example, but there, I think there are other reasons too, where you say, I know I'm not example or I'm not essential, but I still like, I love editing, let's say, right. Which I don't, but if I did, I might say, I, you know, it brings me joy. So whatever, I'm going to do it. Yep. Um, but if you do say, yeah, I do want to outsource my editing or I do want to outsource my email communication or, you know, admin work or whatever. Yeah. Then I think there's that varying level of like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, how do I explain exactly what I want and what I don't want? Yeah. And some of that will be a process. And hopefully some of, you know, if you outsource editing, let's say, hopefully they'll have some of the right questions in place to get a feel for what they need. But you know, you have to know how to put words to that stuff, even if they already have the questions. And ideally, you are able to put words to exactly what you want without being prompted. Like, you know, an editor, I think, can have an onboarding system with some questions that are important, kind of the the, the bones of that relationship. But I think you need to fill that in with the meat, kind of, right? Uh, but let's take, for example, you know, one thing I haven't outsourced, but uh, email communication. I still do my email communication. But I would imagine there's not such a standard of like, here's my onboarding form. Please fill out how you want me to respond to people. Like it's a learned thing. And I think in order to learn, somebody has to teach. And if you're the one outsourcing it, you need to be able to teach that. Yes. You know, there's a really um, great video on YouTube. Um, I think Wired did it. And they out of it was called uh, Music Explains or Musician Explains One's Concept in Five Levels of Difficulty. Mm-hmm. And he explains it to like a like a toddler all the way to Herbie Hancock, the piano player, the, the jazz piano player, and and it's really fascinating because the more simple of a person you're explaining to, the more binary your terminology is, and the more like um, objective your language is, and the more advanced the, they start talking, the more like Herbie Hancock and them they don't they take for given all the concepts that they both know. They don't even talk about them, and they talk about, like, it just needs to feel. They feel like they're speaking subjectively and feel language. Yeah. They're not speaking yeah. objectively. And it, I really learned a lot from that because I started thinking, like, okay, I want someone else to do this. How good do they mm-hmm. have to be? Mm. Right? And if they have to be really good, I need to be able to speak to them subjectively about my feelings, and they take it over from there. Yeah. Versus if I'm, like, my edit is, I'm going to give you a job I outsource. We have a job called edit assist. In this job, no one who works for the company does. It is only done by contractors. 
And essentially what they do is they sit down and they call a wedding. Yeah. And, and they they organize it too. Yep. Organize, keyword it and whatever. We have a template they work off of, but yes. Yeah. yeah, So they do all our keywording and then they also pull, they organize in a timeline by section of the day. We'll be like, okay, this is all the groom getting ready here. The good, all the selects. So they do all the selects. Um, I would never do that. I hate doing that. Um, by the I way, I do review it. You got to inspect what you expect. The other day I was like, yep. dude, what are you doing? Like you're, you're leaving out like all these great clips. Like, yeah. That, that's, that's important. So like you can't just, it doesn't mean I just never look at it. But in general, yeah. it's like, it's a task that I know I can explain very simply to someone else. I could say, here's well, it's, simply it's like what you do. Instructions. It's just like step by step. There's no room for interpretation. Yes. Versus when I'm working with a shooter, there mm-hmm. are some things that we make very flat for them. Like we yep. always get a shot. Like I'll tell all my shooters, every wedding, I want to push in of the table details. Yep. Every or wedding. I want you to shoot the following things at 24 frames per second mm-hmm. and the following things at 60 or whatever. Sure. Whatever it is. your rules are for your company, there are some hard and fast rules, but, and I think that's what you're getting to. Most of the time of the day, I'm like, I don't know. Well, you you were there. You were in the portrait session. Yeah. The, the second photographer standing in your way the whole time. I might tell you like, hey, yeah, I like to shoot with 24 to 70 on my gimbal or I like to do X, Y, and Z, but you're the one who's going to know. So on yeah. some level, I'm going to have to trust this person more to make good choices. Well, and I think that's part of the job for them is that you are hiring them because you, there is some amount of, especially with a shooter, I think that you have to allow them to be themselves and you're bringing them on because you see something in them, some creative capability or whatever. Um, Competence of at least something, but they also understanding and, and yeah, they have to make the right call and I can't. I can't yeah. tell them like every wedding. And you can't do put this. words to that, yeah, because every wedding could be different. They're going to run into a million problems. Mm-hmm. That's weddings. And then there's things that you know, like I don't get involved in at all because I have no expertise, like being a CPA. Yeah. So I think as you're exploring this, once you kind of determine I'm not essential in these areas, you might still have to do a lot of them until you can yep. get language that will properly create the results you want. And so, well, and I think you need realistic expectations. I think that's important. Too. Oh, that, I mean, the big thing I see is people actually, if they were to be honest with themselves, they want that yeah. person to fail. Yeah. They almost want to be proven like, haha, I knew I'm the best editor in the world because yes. this person that I sent it to offshore that doesn't speak English could not edit my film as good as I wanted in one try for a hundred dollars. Like, yes, no, you know, with no. And also, like, you might suck at explaining things. Yeah, and like, I sent you them have a to be terrible a, outline? Or, yeah. Humble enough to say, like, you're learning a new skill. And that's yeah, the thing I was going to say next is, like, you know, I outsource. Uh, I don't want to outsource because anyone who works for me is, is part of my company. So, But I'm still not essential in the task. So outsourcing isn't really the point. It's am mm-hmm. I physically, do I need to be there and physically do it? And there's a lot of things I don't do. And recently I had a, you know, one of the most essential things, for instance, at, at Stop Go Love slash Wedding Film School slash all the things I operate are uh, my project management acumen. 
and some mm-hmm. of it is technical skills. Like I, I've operated a sauna for large companies. Um, some of it is just my makeup and how I think. And recently, there was, we were having some issues with our editing because I had set up a process. They had started working on the process, and then it kind of was falling apart. It wasn't functioning properly. And yeah. I was like, dang it. I thought I wasn't essential in here anymore. Yeah. I'm a little bummed, actually, because I have to get back involved, and I have to start asserting myself and fixing the problem. Um, but it's like, okay, I am essential. Like, you know, like this is, this is a moving target. And that's what really my point is when you are setting up a business, like your goal is not to not make any mistakes or never have to undo anything or never have to step back in. The goal is just like, I mean, I will say the goal should be though, to not do things you hate, to not do things you suck at, to only do things that help the business and help you. And I know long-term, like me getting involved in a sauna all the time is actually not great for the business. Like I have to set up a process that all my team can operate without me. But I also know like I'm the only one who really understands what the goals are. Mm, Yeah. And so even fine tuning where I'm essential, like, oh, I'm not essential in a sauna. Well, it wasn't that simple. It's I'm not essential in every part of a sauna, but I am essential in setting up all the structures and the processes. I know that's like yeah. totally like outside of the people are like, what is he talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's not related Asana to Asana is a project films, management probably. platform. Yeah, it's yeah. where we set up all our tasks and we have a tasks, range of automation yeah. and plugins to Slack and just, it helps us get through 220 weddings. And, yeah. and so like, I think every, every business is gonna have some area like that where it's like shooting might be a good example. Like, am I essential at shooting every wedding? Uh, you might say no, not every wedding. You might you might feel that way. I know Bobby doesn't feel that way, but you might. Feel I don't, that way. but yeah. And and to be clear, I don't for me. Yes, I, it's not like I'm saying I don't feel that way for everybody's business. But you might not feel that way when you say every time I work with this planner, I need to be there. Absolutely. Or every time I work in this venue, I need to be there. So it's mm-hmm. like, or like, every wedding that books above a certain dollar amount. Mm-hmm. I need to be there. Yeah, oversimplifying this is not a good is not what we're recommending. Is I guess what my yeah. point is is like realizing that. Like, well, I think we're just giving you the space to say like your business, your business. You know it better than everybody. I think we aren't going to oversimplify it, but we also are recommending that you don't oversimplify it yes. and say that I am the best and I need to do everything all the time. Okay, so let's this close this one out, Bobby, because I think yeah. we've talked about a lot, and I think. Hopefully it's been helpful if you're listening. And if you would like a little more help, we do have coaching sessions. I think this is something that I can offer some unique value to people, helping them look at their business and make these evaluations. Head over to weddingfilm.school, click on coaching and schedule a session. We also have a new session we've added. It's a one hour session having to do with just um, financial health and readiness. And if you're interested in that, do that. But to close out the episode, um, I think let's just kind of dream a little for people and kind of like say like, why is it so great when you can finally have that aha moment when you realize you're not essential to your business? Uh, You know, I think for me, it was freeing in a lot of ways. Like I am still a business owner. I still am very stressed and anxious as a person around business. I always will be. I think in some ways that serves me well in my businesses. Uh, But to give yourself the relief to say, wow, I don't like there's the relief of 
like there's the the i don't know it's not physical but it's like the i'm getting 30 hours back every wedding and i can put it towards my life or this other hobby or more business or whatever like that's amazing feeling but there's also the like the non you know you can't like i don't know exactly how to say maybe the emotional or or whatever it's just overall well-being you know yeah of just saying like man i don't need to feel all of those stresses anymore like i still have some stress in outsourcing right i still need to play some role and do some part of that and send it off on time and put words to what i want whatever and there's some stress there and whatever but like to know that I get to not wear, you know, 19 hats in my business and there are roles that I don't have to do is very freeing in a lot of ways. Wedding filmmakers need to normalize again. Um, maybe not again, because we're a pretty new profession, but wedding <laughs> filmmakers yeah. need to normalize the concept that you are actually not essential in every part of your business. And well, you don't need to feel that pressure. That like, if, yeah. if you're making that decision, you're making that decision. It's not inherent in the in the business and in the yep. profession. You can and should. I I don't think I honestly don't think a single person running this business at any level of success should be doing everything. Yeah, probably if, not. If you I, it are would be a very rare occasion. I think you're doing it wrong. I, I just do. I don't mind saying that. I don't think I'm not gonna tell you what you should be removing yourself from because that will differ but i honestly am like i cannot imagine a single person who's achieving any level of success um is well should be doing and i think if you are achieving some decent success and you are doing everything all you've essentially done is put a a a timer on how long you'll last because you'll burn out yes yeah essentially like that and that's what i see happen and i don't want that to happen yeah and so that's really what i was going to end with is if you're new and I don't want to say you're not successful, but you're just not as successful as you're going to be yet. Um, you got five weddings this year. I mean, I think that's successful if you're new. Yeah. I think you're doing a great job. Um, five, you can build off five weddings really effectively. Um, and you're probably not going to be outsourcing a single thing, and nor should you. <laughs> Maybe yeah, the absolutely. one thing I would say is start with adding an assistant because, yeah, you should. I, I just build that into your your dollar amount and we can talk when you get a consult if you want about how to scale um how to kind of factor in the cost of removing yourself from your business in this but i i just want to say this to people starting out it is so freeing when you're doing this job to know that just because right now you're overwhelmed and you have a million things and you charge a thousand dollars a wedding and you don't have a budget to outsource you don't have to do that forever. Totally. And there are different phases of your business. Mm-hmm. If you are conscious, like aware of that. And the one work towards it. The one critical weakness, Bobby, that people don't do as they, they make that realization, they go to the next level, but then they just don't factor in cost. Yep. And so I would it's just encourage you. Trapped. Yeah. If, if you're in the place in your business where you have no need to outsource a single part of your business and you have no money it's just not the right decision keep in mind as you make that two thousand dollar raise in your price one of the best things you can ever do is factoring in 
the fact that you are not essential in your business and considering any cost that might have to do with, you know, hiring second shooters, hiring assistants, hiring outsource editors, you know, paying people to do your taxes, all that stuff. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, it does take planning, right? Um, it's not going to be something where you can, you know, if you're not raising your rates and you're not looking at, you know, your financials and stuff, you can't just jump in and be like, I'm outsourcing everything now where it's like, well, that might not even be possible. That was one of the things we talked about the financial side of it. Right. So yeah, I think that's very important, especially as you're starting out and growing and finding what your business is going to turn into. If you want to be a studio that has five teams and, you know, sends out a ton of people, or you want to shoot 15 or 20 weddings and play a big role in all of them. But no matter what, there are going to be areas that you can and probably should outsource in both those. Well, this is a reason to raise your rates accordingly. This is a reason to raise your rates. Like this is when I always, people like, how do I know if I should raise my rates? It's like, do you want to hire outsourcing editing? Yes, I do. Okay. Raise your rates. How much is it going to cost you? Oh, this guy charged me $800. Raise your rates. $1,200 $1,200 then. So raise yeah. your rate to yeah. cover the cost plus some time it takes to manage that guy. Yep. Okay. Oh, but I'm not going to get to take that home. Yeah, no crap, dude. It's called the yeah. cost of doing business. You can't, like, I'll say this right here. Bobby, we are probably going to do a million dollars this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did not pay myself more money. It cost yeah. me a lot of money. You had increased to run costs. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, you know, we're probably shelling out, I don't know, like just a lot of money in payroll every month yeah, and a lot yeah. of money and all these things. It's like our contract, like, but it gives me a lot of other things that I want. So it's yep. like, I'm not only about getting paid more. I'm also about having, I'm going to be on vacation in the middle of August in our busiest season for my anniversary, Sunday to Friday. I can do that. I can just leave the studio and editing is still going to yeah. be happening. Because you have the teams in place, you've outsourced to the right people and the right tasks, and you've done the work. I've gone on vacation every summer for the last four years. That's amazing. And it's because I have decided I'm not essential in every part of my business. And yep. um, and I'm still working. And the other thing I'll tell you is this. This is what my – I get up to the office at like 9, 9.30 every day, and I leave at 4.35. I don't do yep. the late-night editing. I don't do all the crap that all you guys do. I go yeah. to work. I leave, leave it work. In the office. It's done. Yeah, because I have other people involved, and I don't have to. I don't, I, and I do understand. I'm not making fun of anyone, like who's like, ah, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm, I'm watching my kid. You know, it's like, yeah, no, that's your decision for your business. I get where you are. I'm just saying, like, I'm just kind of hopefully paying a picture for you guys of like, if you commit yourself to this plan of extracting yourself whenever possible you will actually increase the capacity of your business and it will give you the freedom to do a lot of amazing things and you're going to love it. So hopefully you enjoyed that episode and hopefully you're going to start applying some of these tips to your business. We'd love to hear from you if this is working for you. If you've like asked yourself these five questions and you've determined like, yes, I am essential (laughs) in every part of your business. I want to hear from that person (laughs) because I can help you. But most likely you're going to look at some areas you're going to like, oh, I'm not. Like, I'd love to hear how you solve those problems because it's not yeah. super simple. We do we, we do really like, I mean, I play more of a role in our live reviews um, that we do on, on, um, on our channel on YouTube and stuff like that. But, you know, I do, we really like hearing like practical implementation of the things that we talk about, whether it's in the podcast or tutorials or gear reviews or whatever we do. Um, 
that means the world to us. So we, we would love to hear from you if you are kind of, yeah, going through this discussion and thinking, oh, maybe I, I do need to do this or I don't like leave a comment or, or get in touch with us. Like, yeah, we just want to hear from you if, if this is helping you out. So. Yeah. So if you like that episode, definitely check us out. Wedding Film School Show, The Wedding Film School Show on YouTube or anywhere podcasts are found. And of course, we have our main channel. Go check that out as well. And if you like it, like, subscribe, do all the YouTube stuff. And of course, share this podcast with someone else and spread the wealth. Thank you guys so much. We've got another episode coming very soon of The Wedding Film School Show.